This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome to this special edition of Rockcast. We're very excited to bring you a new style of podcast today. Um, we are speaking with our UK office and Aaron France, who has been uh, technically a member of our team since this summer and not technically a member of the team for a long time in some fun ways that we get to really explore today. Uh, I'm Emily Foreman, and here with me are John Edmiston, Nick Erdo, and Aaron France. So, Aaron, you had a long adventure to get to where you are today. Where should we start? Should we go way back to the beginning? Yeah, yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, start at the beginning. It's always a good start with stories. Yeah, that's um, probably true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, at the very beginning, um, it was probably um, late 2014, early 2015, and Rock wasn't even in you know a 1.0 release yet. It was still in beta. And I was just, you know, trying to explore what Rock could do for my church back home, a very small church of about 300. Okay. And when you say you were exploring that, what was your role at the church at the time? Um, so I was an intern, primarily, uh, primarily focused on communications. And I, I was just excited about the possibility of moving away from a spreadsheet. That, that's basically <laughs> what I was looking for, something better than a spreadsheet. That and is serious inspiration. <laughs> which was like the, like the, um, well, at the time it was a bit of a rough diamond, you know, rock is, you know, an amazing piece of software now, but back then it, you know, had a couple of rough edges and that's kind of where I jumped in, just trying to see what rock could do and maybe smooth some of those edges out. John, that was about the time you first ran across Aaron, right? Yeah. He was very active in the community. Um, even back then we, you know, had some community going and, it's very active, and I remember when we had the first concert uh, conference. We were like, "Yeah, we got somehow we had to get Aaron out here. That would be amazing." And I, f- I forget how you got the the funds. Yeah, that was out. a really um, I don't know. That was a really coincidental kind of uh, event. My mum had put some money in like a savings account for when I turned eighteen, and had forgotten to give it to me. Mm. And John kind of approached me and said, "Hey, can you? Is there any chance you can get out here?" And um, I was like, "I don't think I can afford it because you know I was an intern." But then um, somehow I stumbled across this bank account. I was like, this is the exact money I need to get a flight out to Arizona. And it, I, I was over the moon. Um, and uh, John kind of put me up in his house um, for, for that kind of couple of days. And it, that, was, that was really the start of the adventure. That's when it kind of became real for me. Like, wow, this is, this is what is, Rock is like. This is what the community is like. And you know what's crazy is I think for us, it sort of made everything come real too. Because it was a, a group of people who knew each other from other areas for the most part. There were a few new people coming in. But like you said, it was a little rough around the edges. It was still a lot of vision. And we were working really hard to bring that to fruition. But when someone landed on our shores here from across the pond, then suddenly we realized, well, this thing's getting legs. Yeah. And did yeah. You- Go ahead, Aaron. 
so yeah, that was about the, the time that I had decided to um, uh, pursue like a career in software development. And that, that was really off the back of my involvement with Rock and my like, encouragement from John and Nick. So yeah, yeah at that point, like, that was kind of like a life-changing juncture for me um, that was brought about because of that kind of feeling of community and because of Rock and the vision that came with it. Because you had plans to do what? What were you studying? Yeah, well, the, the kind of trajectory that I was on, you know, the reason I was doing this internship um, w- was kind of with some vision for um, becoming some kind of pastor in the future, going on to theological college. Um, but Rock kind of helped shape that um, you know, identity around, you know, what am I good at? W- where do my skills lie? And yeah, I, I guess kind of inadvertently, um, y- you and John kind of fed into that process of me figuring out, you know, where God was taking me. Wow, that's really cool. That's a, an amazing thing to hear how all of that came together at the same time. There's a definite uh, hand of divine movement in that. I, I don't think I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, but you are not sitting in our offices where myself, Nick, and John are sitting. Where are you right now? Um, yeah, I, I'm sat in my living room in the UK, yeah, my sort of pseudo-home office. So when you say the Spark offices in London, you, you put them in quotes. I did, yeah, it was kind of facetious. But also, we're really, really happy to have Aaron joining us and and being located exactly where he is, because we know that rock isn't something that is um, owned by people, and it's not owned by a country, and, and so the ability of it to flex with the needs of churches all over the world is really uh, key and crucial to us. And it helps increase our strategy of always having at least one Spark employee awake yes. at any given time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think true. I've got a few hours that I cover there, yeah. Yeah, between you and Shivam, I mean, I don't think there's ever a point when there's not a Spark person awake. We're all good. Yeah. So, Aaron, this was about, what, four or five years ago that we're talking, and you went yeah, to that first definitely. conference and met what was then a very small community. How, how big was that conference? Like 100 that's, people? I was 50, I think. 50 people. Yeah, we thought that was hot stuff. Oh, yeah, that was big. I mean, it kind of was because we were just starting. But When you see people now that have a badge on their conference um, uh, name tag that says they've been to all the conferences, that is a growingly small group of people. Yeah, and now that I think about it, maybe you're right. Maybe it was more like 100. I think it was just under that. I thought it was in the 90s or something. Yeah, that's probably right. A bad memory. But anyway, that was in Arizona. We had that. Yeah. So we got Aaron out to Arizona and we showed him everything that we do in Arizona. Took him out shooting and Yeah, I had the full American experience. Went to In N Out. That that's my favorite bit of that trip probably. And his favorite <laughs> breakfast place. Oh my that gosh. Was, that was the next trip. That was the next trip. <laughs> oh, just to be don't honest. get ahead of ourselves yet. We'll yeah. circle back to his favorite <laughs> breakfast place. <laughs> <laughs> so then from there, you came back for the next year for um, the conference, but then you actually stayed for quite a while longer, right? Yeah. So um, that was my first year of university, and we'd kept kind of like in contact, and and I was trying to still be involved in you know the rock community and building rock, and we'd kind of come you know come to this agreement that it'd be awesome if I could come out for a little while and be involved and be at the office, and. I got some money from my university to help fund that trip and you guys invested in me as well. And so I was out for about five weeks in total in the summer in Arizona. Um, Always ideal. Hey, we put you up in a high quality hotel. It was, (laughs) 
Awesome. It's since yeah, been yeah, renovated. Yeah, you put me up in a five-star place. Five-star um, out of ten. Unbelievable. That you could tell that they really loved me for who I was. Well, that is very true because <laughs> the front desk lady did love you. <laughs> I think, and may still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a heartbreaking summer, I think. Yeah, for her. <laughs> they have since remodeled the place and renamed it. <laughs> but the the key benefit is it was very close to our office. Yeah, you could walk. I mean, it's just across the parking lot. Yep. Yeah, it was like a two-minute walk. Um, Which is yeah, delightful. It's a sweaty walk if you did it at the wrong point of time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it was delightful in 115, no doubt. <laughs> so you stayed with us for a while, and that was uh, when you got to try some new Arizona experiences, uh, such as the highly recommended breakfast location. Yeah, my, my friend had said before I come out that I needed to try IHOP because it was amazing. And I, I obviously I'd, I'd never been to IHOP before, so I, I, I told John that the one thing I wanted to do whilst I was out was go to IHOP, <laughs> and he kind of looked at me a bit quizzically and was like, "Are you sure? I, I don't know. There are better places." And I was like, "No, no, no." My friend told me this is the place I have to go, so we did, and it, it was probably the most underwhelming breakfast I've ever. Had. <laughs> <laughs> there goes our IHOP uh, sponsorship. Yeah, it's over now. My kids still talk about that every time I drive out and buy an IHOP. Remember with IHOP with Aaron? <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was definitely um, a memory I won't forget. Didn't you get up close and personal with the Arizona wildlife that summer too? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so on our, our, I don't know where we had been, um, but John was driving back to his place and we ran across a rattlesnake literally in the car. Um, yeah, we, we kind of drove over it a little bit, but to finish it off... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing a story. John got an axe out of his garage, and we kind of um, we beheaded it, and we preserved this uh, rattlesnake head. We tried like to. We tried to. Wow. Yeah, it, it wasn't successful. Yeah, it's really a trophy to. I don't know what. Yeah, it didn't work out well, and uh, it somewhat upset my wife, who's very afraid of snakes. And we put it in the in the uh, in the laundry room. It was oh. there for like two days. She wouldn't go in. No, that's yeah. that's horrible. And it wasn't an axe; it was a tactical hatchet. So, just for the record. Oh well, that makes everything better. I think I'm in Heidi's camp on this. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, the plan had been to like take it back with me to the UK, but I don't think we thought that through. I mean, can you imagine going through customs with this? No. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine a story you could make up about that that would have made that okay. I still feel bad about that. That didn't come out. Of all the things no. on the planet to still feel badly about. Well, we learned a lot. We learned that it looks great when you pour it wet, but the, that the head still has air inside of it, and it will eventually bubble out and create all these bubbles. So, so is this a chemistry or a biology lesson? I think it's more of an arts and crafts lesson. Oh, if, if we could do it again, I have another plan. I, I think we'd have to pour it in into all of like the mouth and, and nose and, and, and kind of paint it on so you could close up the... The, the sockets. And as I, a fan of arts and crafts, I highly reject this as a form. Hey, some listeners may need to know this important information. And I mean, it looked great that going in, I, I was dreaming about it that night. This thing, oh, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so awesome. We woke up, take the thing off, and it's like, ah. I mean, for listeners, you know, this is really a credit to John because the moment that it wasn't working, he was already thinking our ideas of how we could rescue it, how we could do it next time better. So that's the kind of people working on rock, you know, the innovators. Yeah. Well, (laughs) when you come back, we'll find another snake and we will try it again. 
This really fits right into our core values around here. Accessibility, community, craftsmanship, and innovation. I think in some way that story really hits on all four of those in a really bizarre way. Yeah. And we have plenty of snakes, so accessibility won't be a problem to a snake. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so. And that project, I guess, is better in community because if you're solo chopping snake heads and doing arts and crafts with them, you might get locked up. Yeah, it always feels better to have someone with you when you're dealing with snakes. Aaron, I may have a guest room the next time you come out. I'm not sure I can put you through that again. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, we have a guest suite for him. Oh, well. That's kind of calling it more than it is, but. That's funny. Okay, so we've covered two trips to Arizona, and who knew that your story with Rock included like snakeheads and IHOP, but it but did. But that trip also had the conference oh. that we took him to in California. That's right. That's right. And that we had was. had a road trip, a good American road trip. We had a good American road trip. We did. Yeah, that, that was really, you know, the highlight, aside from the snakehead and IHOP of that trip. <laughs> um, I, I didn't realize that you guys drove so far. Yes, we're, it's a huge country over here. Yeah, I think, yeah, if I had driven that distance in the UK, I would have gone from like the bottom to the top and maybe back a little bit. <laughs> oh, I bet you're right. Yeah, see here, like going to California is not that big of a deal. It's just six hours. And not very visually exciting either. No, but at the nighttime, it, we had quite a, on the way back, we had quite the interesting biker gang and yes. dead bodies on the road. And yes. Oh, there was a shooting, wasn't there? No, he just crashed. Oh. But it was the Mongols. It was like a huge biker gang was going to a funeral and actually had to go to an additional one after that. That Ooh. night. Yeah. And that was late. We were driving back pretty late. Yeah. Well, and so happier news, we took Aaron to Disneyland. So he had the Disney experience. Which yeah, one's better? Was the, time. the snake head or the Disney Think experience? Yeah. Yeah. So as much as the snake head ties into Rock's core values, I have to say Disneyland kind of does just, you know, kind of hit the post. Right. All right. And that was the day after our conference, which, by the way, I think had grown by uh, 50 to 75 people that year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, felt really big to us. We had to kind of rearrange the room we were at there in Bel Air. And that didn't that feel much bigger than the first year, Aaron? Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, the first year, I, I felt like I was connecting with a lot of people that I had kind of seen in the community. And it felt, it felt small. It felt like you could kind of know who everyone was there. But the second time around, I was like, wow, who are all these new people? It it felt like it was um, changing from people that were pursuing rock into people that are interested in pursuing rock. And it, it felt like it was a much wider group of people we had there. And I think that really took at least me by surprise. I remember we were scrambling at the end of the first day to try and figure out how to address the needs of the people we hadn't expected to come to the conference. And we kind of rearranged some of our programming on day two to make sure that they could get that introductory evaluative type of information before they went home. And and the thing that really stood out to me from that conference was the first conference felt like it was a lot of um, John and other people that were kind of new in the community sharing um, vision, but also sharing um, best practices. But the second time around, it felt like it was people share, sharing what they had done, what they had achieved. So we came, you know, we came here last time around. And since then, in the past year, we've experimented with this, we've experimented with that. And this is our take on this process. And it felt like it was really a community-driven kind of experience. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I think that was the first year that I noticed that the growth was happening. And we started to kind of get a hint at where this thing was going. Just a little hint. But after that, it um, 
conference experience, I remember we had a day at Disney to kind of detox. And I remember walking around for like eight hours that day and not being able to speak because the conference had been so overwhelming and our staff was so small. And it was such crazy hard work to keep up with it that I remember being completely speechless. I know, dear listening audience, none of you may believe this, but it really happened and Aaron was witness. Yeah, I can confirm that happened. And there was another bizarre thing that happened at Disneyland. We ended up going off the same ride like six or seven times in the row. <laughs> it, it was like, like it was the tire. What was like the rapids? Yeah, I think that was Emily. That was my fault. That was awesome. <laughs> A little addiction to Grizzly Rapids there. It was because, okay, here's the the reality of it is I kept getting soaked and no one else was. And so I, you know, developed this sort of vendetta that the entire team had to be soaked and it was the end of the day, so there was no line. So we just had to keep going and going. And since a lot of the team here is on a disc score, falling into sort of the S category, you know, I could easily convince them that that's what we should do again because I don't have much. So I just brushed off a little bit of my D and said, come on, we're going. Yeah. For you, it was a little bit like putting your finger in the flame and going, ow, and putting it back in, ow, <laughs> ow. Because yeah, you just keep getting, getting wet, wet. soaked. <laughs> It was still me. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, finally, I had to give up. Actually, I had to buy a shirt at the <laughs> store before we left to drive home because I was so soaking wet. Yes. Yeah. Wise move. Yes. But I, maybe that dousing recovered me because I remember that drive home being awake the whole time. And we told all kinds of crazy stories to try and keep, because John, you were driving. Right. And so we were trying to keep you awake. So I ended up being chief storyteller, I think, yeah, on that trip. I heard a lot of interesting stories. Yeah, I remember you did like little audio effects with them as well. Like um, <laughs> there was a cat and you're like using the window to like kind of mimic the sound of the cat. Yeah, that was like a dog. I, I can still remember the story. It yeah, was it was kind of creepy. Tiny little chihuahua. It's yeah. <laughs> Some stories should only come out when there's been too little sleep and too long of a conference. Yeah. Emily is working on an audiobook of her, <laughs> her favorite story. So look for it in 2019. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's conference one and two in your two first trips out here. Let's fast forward to the next year. And what were you doing at that time? Because you were in school uh, when you came out and went to the California conference. Where were you the year after that? So California conference was Willow Creek, right? And uh, so I, well, I the was Chicago kind of, one was Willow Creek. That was the third year. So are we on Chicago? We are, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was me winding up my degree at that point. And I, I think, um, I kind of like, um, zoned out a little bit from the rock community cause I was trying to focus on finishing up my degree and finishing that well. And I was kind of jumping back into the community and I just wanted to stay connected and really kind of know what was going on. Still right. wanted to be a part of that. And you'd been running a shoulder with a boulder blog. Um, previous to this that we didn't mention at all. Can you give us a little um, info on that too? Because that's one of the things that you had to wind down just temporarily a little bit. But what? tell us about starting that up. Yeah, so that, that starts way back in the beginning again. I was kind of exploring rock and I realized um, the Q&A at the time was the only kind of community tool we had. And that was fantastic if you had a question and you wanted to kind of receive some information back. So, you know, how do I do this? Or is this the best way of doing this? It was good for get, getting some direction. But there was no kind of reverse of that. What if I want to share something with people and I want to help them achieve some kind of goal or share a best practice 
it's not a question. It's more of a kind of informational um, piece that you want to share with people. And I kind of, there was a, a podcast actually, I think it was, was it the only video rockcast? It was um, about being a go-giver. The first time you guys mentioned that. Mm. Um, and you had like a little slide deck and mm-hmm. you said um, something about the importance of the community being willing to give and share. And I kind of you know, went away from that thinking, well, no, I'm not a developer, but maybe there's something that I can do because I just kind of spotted this niche. Um, so I, I just went and set up like a basic blog and I came up with the name Shoulder the Boulder and I bought a domain and it, it was nothing fancy. And I kind of just put it out there and said, hey, you know, if anyone wants to share anything with the community, like I've done this or I think this is the best way of doing that or this is a little kind of thing that I put together, then they were welcome to share it there. Very cool. So you were taking a little break from a few things and and they were, you know, um, carrying on status quo for a little bit because you were focused on finishing up your degree, which you have since then. But you were at that Willow Creek conference and uh, just for reference and size of growth, that was up to about 300 people. So what was your perception when you came back to the States a year later and saw that? I kind of wonder what I missed out on in the like meantime because the growth was explosive. There were so many um, like vendors and partners that I hadn't heard of. There were so many people that were kind of rising stars in the community that were sharing things on various tracks. And I was wowed with some of the things that churches had done, in particular um, Willow Creek and their care center. They had some fantastic stuff that they were doing there. And that, that was a really cool experience, getting to kind of see how Willow Creek were leveraging rock to serve the community around them, how they were being go-givers. That was cool. Yeah, that was a good conference. It was a really good conference. So you're only there for a few days, and you flew right back out then on that one. Yeah. yeah. I had another bizarre American experience um, at my Airbnb. and oh, right. ended up um, <laughs> rooming, with, uh, rooming with Taylor Cavalletto, yeah. Um, being woken up in the morning by a gunshot that was bizarre. It's Chicago. That's very common. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't realize quite where my Airbnb was, Airbnb was located. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Do you feel like you need to pr- mentally prepare yourself before these trips to the U.S.? I think I've got them better. Yeah, I think I've kind of decided that, you know, whatever happens in America stays in America. As long as I come back alive, it's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a probably perfect perspective. <laughs> we just try to give you a story every year. Maybe a couple. Yeah, my friends don't believe me some of the time when I'm sharing the things that happen to me, but... That's the book. This guy could write the book. Right. Well, if, if we need to have a special, you know, video conference with them, we, we can tell them the stories. We, and you have video of, all, of a lot of this, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so um, now we're after Willow Creek. You go back. Your year is starting to look very different. Tell us about that year that you had, and then we'll get around to the next time you came back here. Um, well, so, um, yeah, so I was finishing up my degree, and I, I guess the thing to say here is that you guys kind of, I, I was looking for work, and you guys have kind of said to me, well, you know, have you guys considered, have you considered coming to kind of, you know, partner with us and collaborate with us? And that was like, a, that was a massive deal. And um, that really helped me finish my degree because I knew where I was going. It kind of gave me a little bit of sense of purpose. Um, and, you know, towards the end, I was like, you know, it's okay, Aaron, if you fail your degree, 
because at the end you will still have somewhere to go and people <laughs> that value you. So yeah, that, that, that was, that gave me a little bit less pressure. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what happened post-conference. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I mean, honestly, when you look at the full picture of it, it feels like you've been a part of our team for a very long time. So that was maybe a formality. Yeah, well, it, it still was, you know, a, a big deal to me because I, I felt like, you know, I went from, you know, if we go way back to the beginning, you know, where I started, someone that was just trying to, you know, um, share and make things easier and be a part of the community to someone that you, know, you guys really kind of invested in and helped um, me grow. And I think that's kind of had the reciprocal effect on Rock. I think Rock has grown as a result. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a very exciting ride, and it looks like it's just picking up speed. Um, so you had uh, some interesting personal life changes during that time too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so um, I remember having a conversation with you uh, in Disneyland in the queue. Quite a one sided conversation. You were barely speaking because of the conference. Yeah, sorry but, about that. Still, <laughs> um, I, I was I was sharing with you that I was thinking of proposing to my girlfriend at the time, and. You know, come back around to um, the conference at Willow Creek uh, in Chicago, and I had just got married that that kind of that month. Uh, so that that was an in, you know, interesting kind of um, what what can happen in a year. Yes, definitely. And let's see. Then now we've come back around, and you've attended your fourth conference, which is the fourth conference we've only had four, and you've been to all of them. I, you definitely yeah. get the longest traveled best traveled award for the, someone in our community. Yep. Um, so this year we were at Southeast Christian and we had 450 people at our conference and you were more tied into what was going on from the community and the um, staff perspective because of your uh, role. But that had been just a few months really um, that you'd been on staff with us and moved your focus from studies to, to rock full time. What was your perspective when you showed up at the conference that year, this year? So I think the thing that, um, or what, one thing that's worth sharing is that I was amazed by the level of preparation required to pull that conference off. So I'd kind of had a little bit of insight into that second conference planning. Um, and I, I didn't realize quite how much that process of putting on a conference has had to grow as a result of the number of attendees. I realized um, it's kind of having that inside perspective as staff that you know, it, it put, you know, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of planning. And there's actually a lot of preparation for everyone to prepare their talks um, and all the travel, the logistics of setting it up. Because these are done in, you know, host churches, right? When, right. We're not like, you know, opening up the, you know, garage and saying, hey, come hang out here. It, it, it's a military precision kind of operation that's required exponentially more people to pull off. Yes, and thankfully we had more people to do that. I would have been probably deaf, dumb, and mute otherwise. So <laughs> I I definitely appreciated having a, a larger staff and everyone really jumped in and helped out a lot with that. And it made a huge difference. Um, but it it is a, a definitely a different event than it was when we talked about the one at CCV. Mm-hmm. Huge. I remember feeling like when we, when I walked into the main auditorium in between sessions and all these people were coming out. I remember feeling like a fish swimming upstream and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't even shoulder my way through here. I'm going to have to knock someone over because there's no room to get through the doorway and I've got to get in there because of whatever the next uh, event deadline is. And also I didn't recognize all the faces. 
which was, I thought, a big difference um, because you can, I mean, how many people do they say that you have the capacity to recognize and, and know on a on different levels? I've, I've read those numbers before. I don't remember what they are. I feel like for me, it's like three. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's how many people we've got right here. But um, it had grown so much that I, I, re- I distinctly remember that feeling of, um, oh, we've moved from the ability for us to like know everyone as a tribe or as a community to having like people in common that we know. But at the same time, um, that's when the community started to nurture oh, yeah. and know each other. And really, they were their own thing. They we were, were their own thing. It. Yeah. That was pretty incredible to see. So I'm pretty excited to see what comes around next year. When Aaron will, I'm sure, be joining us at the conference again. Yep. Yes, definitely. I think you made it a condition of joining the team that you had to come to each conference, which was a, a given to us, too. But oh, that'd yeah. be my condition for him, too. Yeah. If I had to pick just one. I think that's essential. I think your perspective is so unique, though, Aaron. It's really interesting to hear you talk about it and because... Um, just your physical location, um, the your age and your uh, career aspirations when you ran across rock and how that all changed. Um, and then you're being a part of the community for such a long time. So you have the perspective of a lot of different uh, roles inside the rock ecosystem. And it's it's just very interesting. So you have a lot of really valuable insights that you continue to add to the staff here. And we're really thankful to be able to work with you on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I also had a lot of fun visiting you in person this year, which was cool. Yeah, that that was a, <laughs> an unexpected but really kind of awesome um, experience to have you fly over here and be able to see my part of the world. Yeah, it was very cool. It, I'm glad it worked out to have a short trip over. Um, my husband had to be in the area and we wanted to take our high school age daughter along for a, a quick uh, fall break trip. So it was really fun to connect and uh, meet Catherine and introduce you to some of my family. And it's just amazing how small the world can be sometimes. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm really thankful for the fact the world's got smaller. You know, I actually, as part of one of John's um, talks at one of the conferences, he talks about how um, culture um, sh- and perspective shifts over time and how if it was rock was kind of in a world in the 1800s, then you know, I wouldn't be able to be involved. Can you, can you imagine, you know, my experience coming over to the States and, not only being disappointed by IHOP, but also, you know, not really having a frame of reference for the, all the things that you do that are, you know, part of a society um, and part of your culture. And yeah, if it really feels like I'm, you know, kind of born in the right time, this project's born in the right time, and yeah. I'm thankful to be able to be part of it. Yeah, this is a really cool age to be doing what we're doing. Um, so tell us a little bit about what the average workday looks like for you. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. So um, I've shifted my day um to be able to be a part of you know what goes on so i i do have a small amount of overlap with you know arizona at the other end of the time um spectrum if you will um so you guys are on minus seven and i varied from you know plus zero to plus one so i work um 11 so i get up late <laughs> um and then i work through till about seven my time and that that kind of gives me a chance to you know connect with you guys. Um, so the first part of my day is kind of solo, and I, that's the day that's most productive. Part of the day that's most productive, I get to knock tasks out. And obviously, because rock is you know across the world and particularly across the states, various people wake up at different times of the day. So um, 
I connect with Siobhan maybe a little bit earlier on if we need to uh, kind of chat to each other. And then the churches that are in the East Coast um, start coming online. And if I'm involved with one of them, then you know that's when the Slack, Slack messages start to kind of pop back and forth. Um, if I've got my one-on-one -on -one with you know, one of you guys, then that typically happens about 3 p.m. my time. So when you guys are just getting into the office, then I'm kind of you know starting the downward trend of my day. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, um, yeah, so the, the, the last part is normally the bit where I'm kind of chatting on Asana or sending tasks back and forth or sending Nick messages like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> um, and then, you know, the cycle finishes with me getting up the next day and getting the replies to some of that stuff in my inbox. Yep. It seems like we have a real pattern down, which is good. But I know people wonder, like, what, what does that look like for Aaron? All right. So I'll wrap this up for us and tell us a little bit about when you're not doing rock, what are the kind of things that you like to do? Um, that... Um, a good question so i do a little bit of development on the side for different other things so um my church is tiny um even smaller than what i mentioned at the start my church is about 50 people and we've got a really um cool tradition where someone has opened up their home every sunday to have movies that's like a core part of my week every sunday evening we have a movie but he recently got rid of all his movie cases because he had too many and he and um, we have a kind of voting process and that used to be go onto a shelf and pick something and say <laughs> i want to watch this but uh, in the digital age, you've like, got an iPad app where you can scroll through them. And it went from really simple, like grabbing a, a Blu-ray case and saying, I want to watch this, to, oh, let's watch this one. No, let's watch this one, and kind of fighting over the iPad. And so I wrote a small app that um, allows people to vote on their phones and kind of see his collection. So that was a cool project that I did, but I still kind of tinker with it a little bit. Um, me and Catherine are kind of gamers. That's how we kind of um, started our connection as more than friends. It was in her living room doing a, like a cooperative game and arguing a little bit over it. So that's <laughs> a cool part of what we do. Um, my wife's really into crafts. And so when she's doing that, I'm normally doing other things. Um, so that's when I'm like doing my coding or reading a book or tinkering with rock on the side as part of my non kind of core hours. And um, to clarify, are the arts and crafts your wife is into, including snakes? I was curious about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, she hasn't um, beheaded and then kind of preserved <laughs> the snake head yet. But, you know, if we ever come to Arizona, I'm sure that she'll get involved in that. Yeah. No or doubt. We'll get a tactical hatchet. <laughs> you can get them on Amazon. <laughs> can you get them on Probably Amazon everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> no? I don't know. Well, you can have it pre-shipped to John's house and pick it up and carry that through customs yeah. with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if the hatch is there, then that explains the snake head, surely, right? right. Yes, surely. <laughs> How would I not have this if I didn't have this? There are lots of options. There are lots of options. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us so much for our podcast today. We look forward to connecting with you again soon, and I know the community will love to hear your perspective on what's going on now and what's been going on. All right, great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Aaron. See you, Aaron. Today's show was produced by Emily Foreman. Nick was our recording engineer who turned the dials and pushed the buttons. Jim Michael handled all the audio post-production mixing. And our amazing show notes, which you can find at rockrms.com slash connect, were transcribed and written up by Michael Garrison.
This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.